you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message.
sinews upon you and will bring upon will bring flesh upon you and cover you skin and put breath in you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together, bone to his bone, and when he beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon thee that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came in them. And they lived and stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. For the help of the Lord this morning, I'm just going to try to impress a little intellect this morning, but I want to deal with your heart today. I want to deal with the words you speak. And by the help of the Lord today, I'm just going to impress a thought upon you. Speak life. Speak life. Won't you turn to two or three people around you and tell them, speak life. You can be seated. God bless you. Israel at that time. We understand that it also relates to our day because everything in Scripture has a timetable that relates to this day. The nation of Israel had been laid to ruin. They were a mighty army that had been once a great people and a great nation had been destroyed and there was little or no hope of restoration. There was no hope of the nation resurrecting. There was hope, but it seemed no possibility. Israel had died and so had the faith of the people. It seems that prophet Ezekiel also knew something that maybe others missed. It was that he knew something about life, but he also knew something about death. His story and the vision that God gave him gave wisdom to the fact that there was a deep understanding. It is a familiar story even to the non-religious. Chances are most of us, particularly those of us that grew up around the church, grew up hearing the story about the valley of dry bones. I 
tried my best this morning to remember the tune and I couldn't and I don't know if any of you could because this might be a good place for you to get an opportunity to flat out. But I remember being in Sunday school and we sang a song and it was something like the foot bone connected to the ankle bone. Anybody remember that? And the ankle bone, anybody remember that? Am I seeing hands? Well, come on. The foot, how many of you have no idea what I'm talking about? Right. Maybe I need to talk to the music team. Maybe this will be a good song tonight. We'll add with it the hokey pokey. Put your right foot in, take your right foot out. Sometimes we need that around the church, you know, kind of get people moving. The legs connected to the knee bone. And I remember, the, I think the last phrase is something, oh, hear the word of the Lord. There you go, Sister Wanda's getting anointed back there. Those of us who grew up in and around the church, especially as children, probably had a certain image. I had an image of what that song actually meant. And I remember singing it in my earliest, earliest years of Sunday school in the Sunday school classroom, it's an image that caught our attention, this picture of a valley full of dry bones, lifeless bones. And indeed, I, I didn't know at that time, I, I didn't understand what I understand today, that this was, this was a metaphor, this was a word picture, this was a vision that God gave Ezekiel that was relative to a real-life experience. And so, in so much that as I had an image of this powerful, this powerful story of the ankle bones connecting to the leg bones and the leg bones connecting to the body and, and, and all of these things coming back together. And I heard messages preached about, the, about all those things coming all the way down um, to uh, the even more powerful image was the image of life raising up out of, spiritually speaking, dead, dry bones. And there being life once again, living once again. And so in doing so, in doing so, uh, it was a good story. It was a good song. It was it was good for kids. It was doctrinally based. Didn't understand everything about it. I'm not sure that I still understand everything about it, but I do understand that it wasn't a literal happening, but it was a vision that God gave them of Israel and what was happening to a nation and how a nation that had been destroyed was going to be brought back to life again, and it was going to live again. This vision that Ezekiel had of the Valley of Dry Bones dates back to a period uh, in Israel's history known as the Babylonian exile. And uh, the strong armies of Babylon invaded Jerusalem and its temple. And many of the people then were rounded up and uh, they were deported and they were taken to the Judean leaders and to others uh, in Babylon, young Ezekiel 
was one of those that was taken up and was taken captive and he was made to live among the captives and in his exile during his time he he gives us a little insight into his mindset as he was um, as he was there with the captives among uh, along the river Chabar and they 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 sat down the scripture said they sat down by the rivers of Babylon they sat down and they they hung their harps on the willows and they were filled with defeat and they thought there there's just no hope there's no possibility of us ever being delivered except Ezekiel although he had sat down with them he makes a powerful statement and he says I was among the the, the captives along the river Jabbar and we sat down in other words he's saying I, I was among them but I was not of them now I, I've got to let this set in because if there's not personal application we can tell all the Bible stories we want but we've got to see ourselves in the Bible story and so I'm coming with a simple Sunday school Bible story this morning that I'm bringing to you but I want us to see ourselves in this storyline in this picture of of the the uh, Israel being taken captive and even uh, young Ezekiel as he is taken captive and here in Babylon uh, he he is set down and 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 he's forced to live in exile the future seemed like a black hole to where people would eventually die they would disappear and of course that is the valley of dried bones they were in the valley represents the location the place where they were it's where the rivers flow in the valley and there the people were dying they were dying for lack of faith lack of belief lack of hope lack of lack of connection uh, there were so many things that were coming uh, against them and the people were dying and they were living um, a life that was destined uh, to despair a century and a half earlier many of the citizens of Israel had been similarly deported had lost their identity and had faded into the shadows of history and this of course is the so-called lost tribes of Israel e Ezekiel knew that history and he recognized where he was this wasn't a new thing this was a generational issue and so in this generational issue of of, of a nation that had been overran and the people taken to exile and they, they they couldn't outgrow it they couldn't overthrow it there was nothing that they could do and and so God gives Ezekiel a vision and the vision that God gives Ezekiel he he knew something of a time in history when the prominent images of the day were isolation and death it was valleys and it was dry bones but his vision of the valley full of dry bones was not simply another historical moment but it was an image it was a picture of 
of a great spiritual awakening that God was giving the vision to Ezekiel so that he could tell it to a people that had no faith, that had no hope, that had no belief that anything possible would ever come to pass. And so it seemed like, why in the world would Ezekiel stand and give a a, a, a word? Why would he even share a vision that God had given him? Oh, I remember. I remember like it was yesterday, a few days after I was elected as the senior pastor of this church about 20, almost 21 years ago. In April, it'll be 21 years, 20 and a half years ago. And I remember just a few days after my election, uh, I remember where I was standing in my house. It was a moment that shook me to my core. Uh, It captured my attention. And I received a call from a well-meaning gentleman. He's no longer involved in my life or even in the church, to my knowledge, not connected with this church at all. He was from another city, another location, another place. A few days after I was elected, he called me on the phone, and I answered the phone, and he asked me if I had a few minutes to talk, and we entered into this conversation. And in this conversation, uh, he said, I've got to ask you a question. What are you thinking? And I said, what do you mean? What am I thinking? And he said, well, I heard that you are back in Frankfurt. And I said, yes. And he said, what in heaven's name are you thinking? And I said, what do you mean? He said, Frankfurt at one time. And he begins to give me a history lesson. And he starts telling me about a revival that came through this region of north central Indiana. And a revival that had come through and had happened in the early 1920s and 1930s and 1940s. And then he started talking about the 50s uh, and the 60s when things began the climate, the spiritual climate specifically he was speaking of, and the economic climate he began to speak of that began to shift, began to change in this region and through this area. And he said it like this. He said, Frankfurt spiritually is a burnt over field. If you can imagine with me as a young 30-something-year-old pastor excited to just be elected, ready to serve, ready to move forward, ready to build the kingdom of God in this area, how disheartening it was for an elder to speak such words over me and over what God had called me to do. It was disheartening, and I, I didn't really know how to handle that. I, I, was, I was a little uh, put out, and I, I listened, and I didn't know what to say. I didn't put up a fight. I, didn't, I took it to the Lord in prayer, and for almost three years, I dealt with a struggle, internal t- turmoil, as I re- recalled the, the, the story, and I would talk to people around me and ask them if, if they felt there was any validity to what was going on. And along came a young man that came into my life, and he sat down with me one day, and he said, I'm going to tell you what all of the great leaders and great pastors of their day 
did. And he talked about making a covenant with the land. I didn't understand that completely until he began to talk about when an area was overran, that an area often was overtaken, and when they wanted to seize an entire region, they would salt the fields. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They would burn the fields, destroy the harvest, and then they would take salt, and they would salt the fields because salt would prevent future growth. This man did not know of what I had been wrestling with the three prior years as he began to talk to me. It was that I had in my mind that God had called me into a valley of dry bones. Some of you were here with me during those days. This young man challenged me to make a covenant with the land. And he began to share with me story after story Possibility after possibility, because he said, just because land was one time burnt over, just because a region has one time gone through a long season where the, the fields were salted, doesn't mean that it is an eternal history. He said, because somebody has to come and take up residence and stay. And he said, when you make a covenant with the land and with the region, God will establish you, and in time, those fields will bring forth harvest again. Ah, that was all I needed. I started coming to this pulpit, opening my Bible, and I started preaching faith. I started preaching harvest. I started preaching growth. I started preaching miracles. I started preaching about revival. And would you know that this church began to make some transitions in an area that maybe had been a while since we had seen revival again began to see revival flow. I come to tell you today that the further that we get forward in our history, the greater the harvest that is coming to this assembly. I preached this morning to a valley that once was dry bones, but I tell you, there is life that is coming again. There's life again. all this death and lamenting that Ezekiel was in. And the question came, can these bones live? I understand. I understand the question. I've lived it. In Ezekiel's vision, God asked, can these dried up, lifeless bones live again? Ezekiel wasn't too quick to answer. As a matter of fact, he was asked a question and it's kind of like, you know, being asked the question. God says, Ezekiel, can these bones live again? And God puts the microphone toward Ezekiel. And Ezekiel's kind of like, hmm. His answer, well, Lord, thou knowest. That's kind of like when you and I say, Ezekiel didn't answer. He's passive. 
the question back to God, then God said, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy to these bones. Now, I'm going to help somebody as we move to the conclusion. When we hear the word prophesy, some of us do today. Because we automatically get something in our mind that it is ooky spooky or whatever word that you want to apply, what the Lord told Ezekiel to do was I want you to speak a word of faith that brings life. I'm trying to help somebody in this house this morning. I want you to speak I want you to prophesy to these bones and I want you to say unto them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now let me ask you, am I okay this morning? Let me ask you a question. If, I, if you were with me and I walked into a valley of dry bones, the story, and I go out and I'm like, okay, dry bones, hear me, you would probably think, pastor just fell off his rocker. So when we start praying and we start fasting, but some don't want to show up to prayer meeting and some don't want to participate in the fast, but they show up to church on Sunday. And you know what they start thinking? I think they've fallen off their rocker. You know why? Because you're not in the journey with them. Because you're not having the experiences that we're having. You're not walking where we're walking. Does it mean you're backslidden? No, that's not what I'm here telling you. I'm just trying to explain a little bit to you about how life comes again to dead things. I'm trying to preach about revival this morning in your life, in your home, in your family, on your job, in your ministry. I'm trying to help somebody this morning capture the idea of what I'm bringing to you today is the fact that when you start taking the journey with us, then you start understanding why that your pastor walks to the pulpit on a Sunday morning and starts saying, you got, you got to start speaking life. And somebody said, I've spoke life my, my entire life. I, this is, I know this for generations. I've been around this forever. I'm telling you, some people are just going to be what they are. I'm telling you, some people are just going to be, they, they're just going to be a fuddy-duddy. Some people are just going to sit around. I'm telling you, some people are never going to be saved. I'm telling you, some people are never going to be healed. And we have our negative words and our negative outlook and our negative, our negative lifestyle and our negative faith, if there is such a thing. But I'm coming this morning to tell you that if you will begin to prophesy, if you will begin to speak life, if you'll begin to talk to the dead things and say, I'm tired of walking around the valley that is full of dry bones. I speak faith over you. I speak hope over you. I speak resurrection over you. Ah! 
prophesy to these bones and say to them, Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Well, the prophet did exactly what God asked him to do. Ezekiel prophesied to the bones. But this story is not really about dry bones. It's a story that is a word picture describing the condition of a people. This is a story about our destiny. This is a story about us. This is a story about a people that have turned their backs on God. Listen, I know there's some things that you have given up hope on, and they appear to be as a valley full of dry bones. But I wish today that someone would hear what your pastor is preaching in this pulpit today, and you would rise up from where you are, and you would change your words, change your vocabulary. Instead of pointing out, well, I, I, you know, I sat with somebody the other day, and they said, well, I hate to be the negative voice. I hate for you to be. Because I'm going to tell you something. Negativity has never brought about anything positive and of faith. Well, I'm just being a realist. Realist in your world. Did it make any sense whatsoever when a prophet of the Lord begins to speak to dry bones in a dead valley? Absolutely not. But he was obedient to the word of the Lord and began to speak. I wish somebody in this house today would get something in your spirit that you walk out of here. I didn't come to tickle just to, 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 to tickle your ears today and to make you leaving feeling good. I want you to walk out of here with a change in your vocabulary. If you want to find something wrong, there's plenty to find wrong. If you want to find fault, there's plenty fault to find. You don't have to look much further than right here because I'm so imperfect. But I come this morning to tell you, if you'll start speaking faith over your home, faith over your kids, faith over your family, faith over the people that's given you a hard time, start speaking different words. Start speaking faith over your health. Start speaking faith. I may be down, but I'm coming out. Come on, somebody needs to get a hold of what I'm saying. We've got to start speaking life. Stop speaking negative. The enemy has had enough of our time. Oh. I'm just going to add this in there. I'll stay down. So when the prophet prophet did what God asked. Something unimaginable happened. The dry bones began to come together. Now I want to help somebody this morning. Because what I'm trying to help you 
is that I'm not, I'm not here declaring a name-it-claim-it gospel. A blab-it-grab-it faith. But I am here to tell you not much good is going to come out of your negativity. Not much good is going to come out of finding fault with everybody and everything. If you want a situation to turn around, start speaking faith over it. Start speaking life over it. Start giving your brothers and sisters the benefit of the doubt. Start believing the best instead of the worst. Look into a valley that's full of dry bones and start start speaking. Some of us may be taking ourselves way too serious and say, well, you know, I've I've just seen it so much and I've been around it so much. Yep, and you're going to keep seeing it and you're going to keep being around it while everybody around you is moving forward. You're going to keep sitting around, sucking your thumb, talking about everything that's bad and you know what you're going to do? You're going to surround yourself with people that say we're in the same boat that you're in. I'm going through the same thing you're going through. I'm down. I'm in the valley. There ain't nothing but dry bones here and then before long you're going to attract a third person and before long you're going to have a whole group around you and your friend group and every voice around you is going to be a negative voice. Everybody around you is going to be speaking faithless words. Everybody around you is going to say there is nothing to it. It's just a season. But I told our leadership yesterday about this awakening. I want to stop speaking of this awakening. I I, I want to stop using the term season when it comes to the awakening because this year I want the awakening to not be a season. I want it to be a new level because seasons change. But when we go up to a new level, we're going to keep going forward. Come on, somebody. you got to start speaking it. you got to start saying it. you got to start believing it. I shared this a few weeks ago, maybe on a Wednesday night. A recent, a recent study showed that if you speak something Even if it is false, if you speak something three times, that you will begin to believe it. Even if the first time you speak it, you know it's not true. Therefore, you can cause yourself to believe the lie. And you will completely believe it. In the Genesis process, we call that a false belief. Because maybe somebody told you that's the way it is. Maybe the devil told you that's the way it is. Maybe you were just having a bad day and you told yourself that's the way it is. But if you keep saying it long enough, you're going to actually believe it. And it's going to really be your belief and it's going to be very hard for anybody to change your mind because you really believe it. doesn't make it true. It's called a false belief. Now I'm going to tell you something. Here's the problem with speaking. Speaking negativity opens you up to the adversary in ways that are unimaginable. Here's why. God knows the thoughts and the intent of your heart, not Satan. The enemy doesn't know the thoughts and intents of your heart. The enemy knows and hears the words that you speak. You may think it when somebody tells you, if you think it, you 
may as well go ahead and say it. That is not truth. If I spoke every word that came through my mind, oh Lord. The enemy can't read your mind. But he can hear your words. And when a thought comes in your head, sometimes you need to repeat that thought in Jesus' name and just say, nah, I'm not going to, I'm not claiming that. I'm not living that out. Long time ago, long time ago, my wife and I decided to entertain that some things were just not going to verbalize. Because when we start verbalizing, it will start believing. When I start verbalizing it, I'll start believing it. And before long, not just me, but she'll start believing it too because I said it. And I said it enough to where she's going to start believing it. And so then we get around our kids and we start saying it around our kids. And before long, our kids start believing it. And it may not be true, but they start believing it because all we're doing is saying it. And we say it over and over again. If you say it over and over over again, before long, you start believing it. Your kids start believing it. Your family start believing it. All the friends start believing it. And everywhere you are, it's the same story everywhere you go. Then you come to the house of God and a preacher starts telling you, you need to change your vocabulary and you need to start speaking faith. You need to start speaking hope. You need to start speaking life instead of speaking about, well, I'm just saying it like I see it. I'm saying it like it is. Well, you need to start seeing it different because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. My God, have mercy. If you get a hold of what I'm preaching this morning, if you'll understand, well, it's the way I see it. Start seeing it different. And if you don't see it different, say it different. Say it until you see it. Say it until you see it. Say it until you see it. And when you say it enough, you'll start seeing it. Because the enemy can't read your mind. But he can hear your words and your negativity will cause him to believe that he's in the driver's seat of your thoughts. Ah, but when you start speaking words of faith, you want to know why your praise is a weapon that confuses your adversary? My Lord, have mercy. I'm going to tell you why your praise is a weapon that will defeat your adversary. Is because on the worst day of your life, you start saying, I give you glory. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you praise. And the enemy's thinking, my word, how in the world? What happened there? I'm speaking life in a dead situation. Oh, somebody give God praise right now. Come on, give him high praise right now. Listen, you don't have to have all the right words. You don't have to have all the right words. Just say, just say your neighbor and tell them, just say it. Oh, come on, you didn't do that. Look at them and tell them, just say it. Just say it. You know, when, when I was in school, you know, all these, all these tests, I was always about head and shoulders taller than every group. Come on, give me my kids some credit here, somebody. Bless them with the credit. Just sit back. There you go. 
reminded me this week. Anytime that the church begins to pray and fast, about every year, I think Brother Jeremy and I have talked about it just about every year. He'd come and say, Pastor, everything's pretty good. We're in this fast now. I'm going to start praying. Well, that's good. That's what that is. Start praying and fasting. The enemy starts fighting. You know why he starts fighting? Well, he don't fight those that he already has. Fighting for territory that he's about to lose. Yeah. Every time we start, every time we start speaking faith, every time we start speaking hope, every time we start believing, every time we start speaking, there's usually a noise. The noise isn't always positive. The noise sometimes is a noise that is distracting. It is a noise 
but, but, but just keep going, just keep going, because before long, the noise that you make before long, you're going to recognize something. That the, the, the foot bone, that ankle bone, and that leg bone that was over there, before long, they're going to start coming together. <laughs> oh, my Lord, if I could speak everything I feel right now, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen through prayer and fasting. You want to know how the church is going to come together? It comes together when we start speaking faith in the middle of Come on, don't expect it. Don't expect it to happen if you're not going to participate. But if you'll participate, you're going to find something. Dead things, dry things are going to begin to come together. It's going to begin to come together. And the bones start making a noise. I've got to hurry. Now, the vision that Ezekiel had was one dry bone coming upon another dry bone, the sinew and the flesh appearing in the image. Now watch, that did not happen instantaneously. There was a process. There was enough process that he could write it down. Some things happen so quick, you're like, that was like sleight of hand. How did that happen? It's like things just, bam, they just turn around. It doesn't always happen like that. Sometimes it takes a while. Not everybody has an overnight vision. Not everybody changes in an instant. Not everything happens. Yes, the blood washing and cleansing does it. Yes, I believe in it. I know that it can happen, but it doesn't always happen. That just because that you were speaking to a valley, just because you start speaking life over your family and you say, well, I, I've been speaking life for a whole week. Yeah, but you've been speaking negatively for about 10 years. Well, I hadn't said nothing against them in the last three weeks. Well, you've been saying enough about them over the last six months. Give it some time. Give it some time. Let them hear it from a few people. Let all the people that's been telling them what you're saying that you think they're not telling what's being said, but everything you're saying is coming right back and being said. Just wait a little while. The same people will come back, and they'll start saying, boy, they had a turnaround. Boy, they had a change of mind. Boy, they had a, and it'll all get back around. It may take some time for all the dry bones to come back together, but just give it time. Come on, I'm talking to my leadership in the room that was in the room yesterday. I'm just extending what I spoke to you yesterday. There's some things that we've been believing God for. Just keep believing. Just keep on ministry. Just keep hoping. Just keep the faith. It's going to come back together. We're going to keep speaking life. We're going to keep speaking faith. We're going to speak, keep speaking hope. doesn't happen overnight. They're just getting back together. You can't expect sinew and and bone, uh, and sinew and skin, they're just getting back together. That marriage isn't going to blossom yet. They're just, they're just getting back together. That relationship isn't going to just bloom all of a sudden because they met again last week. Not going to happen. It takes some time for it all to get back together. We got to get the bones together in the middle of a valley that's been dead and dry. We got to get bones back together. Then we got to get sinew. And then we got to get some skin. And we still don't have life. They're still alive. They're together, but they're got to keep speaking life. Brother 
they seem like they got it together, but it's still just, they're just not what they used to be. There was no real life there. In Ezekiel's vision, there was no life in the bones. But then Ezekiel heard a word. And he said unto me, the night burst. And he said unto me, prophesy. Not to the bones, not to the bodies that's been put back together. Not to the, prophesy to the wind. Prophesy. I never saw this like I saw it. I didn't get this out of a book or hear another preacher preach about this. It just all of a sudden, God started downloading some things to me about what he meant when he said prophesy to the wind. Somebody needs to start prophesying to the wind. I want to help you. He said prophesy. Prophesy to the north wind and to the south wind. Prophesy to the wind. What? What does it mean to prophesy to the wind? When you start looking through Scripture, the wind is a type of the Spirit. The wind is a type of the Holy Ghost. You read all through Scripture, there was the breath of God. There was the wind of God. There was, there was, there was the Word of God. There was the wind of God. And, and God shows up and he does so in the wind. It was, it was a wind that blew, that separated, that parted the waters for the children of Israel to dry, to, to, to cross through. It was the wind of God. I started looking, trying to see exactly what this word, where this word comes from. And the word play here is a Hebrew word called ruah. Hmm. Weird word. The ruah. breath of God or the wind of God. Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy to the breath of God. I want you to prophesy to the wind of God. What? You say, God, I, I, prophesy. Start speaking faith. No, 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 no. I'm God's, God's over here taking care of everything. I'm over here worried about them. They were in a valley full of dry bones. I've got to go over here and nurture. Listen, there's some things that you can't do. There's some things that only God can do. You can prophesy to the wind. What does that mean? Start speaking life to the wind. Wind, I see you coming back into them. I see that I see them being refilled. They, they, they one time were messed up. They were on drugs. They were a million miles out, and they still don't have it all back together. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just start prophesying to the wind. Holy Ghost, you're going to come upon them. Holy Ghost, you're going to come upon them. Spirit of God, you're going to move over them. Spirit of God, you're going to move in that home and family. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be going to various homes, and we're going to be having prayer meetings, and we're going to be coming together. There's some of us that need to begin prophesying to the wind. We need to start declaring in a home and family. I declare the Spirit of God over my children, over my home. I'm not going to try to correct them into it. I'm not going to try to direct them into it. I'm going to prophesy to the wind. Holy Ghost, you're going to guard their mind. Holy Ghost, you're going to guard their family. Holy Ghost, you're going to guard. It's the Stand with me. We need to start prophesying to the wind. North wind, give up my family. South wind, our sons and daughters will be saved. Come on, you got to start prophesying. You got to start speaking life. You got to start speaking life, healing. Uh -huh. Come on, somebody. 
If you can't speak it for yourself, I'm going to speak it to you. God's not done yet. Well, I'm going through it, but God's not finished. He's still working. God's not finished. Come on, prophesy to your health. Oh, pastor, I'm so sick. I'm going through it. Yes, you are. I feel it. We're walking through it with you, but speak faith. Speak hope. Speak life. Speak belief. Speak healing. It's going to happen. It's, I'm not seeing it. No, it's faith. I speak the things I cannot see. I speak what I'm not seeing. It's called faith. Speak to the ruach, to the breath, to the wind of God. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place with one mind and one accord. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and set upon all of them. Right in the middle of all that passage, there was the wind of God or the breath of God or the ruach of God that blew in and the breath of God moved upon them. John chapter 3 that memorable night when Nicodemus came to Jesus, he was perplexed about the meaning of the new birth. And Jesus said unto him, Nicodemus, do you hear the wind? Of course I hear the wind. But you can't tell where it's coming from. And you can't tell where it's going to. Such is he that is born of the Spirit. Listen, I can't control the wind. I can't dictate the wind. I can't give you healing. I can't give you the Holy Ghost. I can't give you anything, but I am going to tell you this much. I know a God that can. And so I'm choosing to speak life. I'm choosing to speak the Holy Ghost over you, the anointing over you, ministry over you, blessings over you, blessings over your home and family. Come on, somebody. you got to grab a hold of this right now because the Spirit of God is in this room and He is wanting to fill somebody with, the, with His breath. Come on, somebody in this room needs to make up your mind. I've been speaking negative long enough. It's time for me to start speaking hope and speaking faith and speaking what God wants to do. I'm done preaching. It's up to you. You can walk out of here today the same way you walked in. You can walk out of here with the same frustration and the same negative words and the same negative outlook and the same negative expression. Or you can walk out of here today and you can say, I'm, I'm prophesying to the wind. I'm speaking life this morning. I'm behind on my car payment, but I'm believing I'm going to be able to make it this week. My health isn't great, but I'm believing those kidneys are going to start functioning right again. Uh, the doctor says it can't happen, but Jesus didn't say it. I'm going to start speaking faith over it. Uh-huh. My sister's ravaged with cancer. The doctor's saying there's nothing that they can do. They're going to give her a report this week on Wednesday. I don't care what the doctor says. I know a God that is greater than the doctor. And I believe in that there's going to be something good's going to come out of this. Come on, somebody. you got to get a hold of what I'm preaching today. you got to just start speaking faith, declaring faith. I dare you to walk to the front of this room this morning and start declaring healing over my home, healing over my family, healing in my, in my mind. Come on, somebody. You need what I preach this morning. You need what I'm preaching to you this morning.
to the front of the room just for the sake of walking to the front of the room. But we're going to turn this house into a prayer room for a few moments. And here's what I want us to start doing. I want us to start changing our vocabulary right now and begin to declare, declare to the Lord. Search your heart and start declaring to the Lord. God, everywhere I'm speaking negatively, I'm going to begin to speak positively. Every place that I have been acting negatively, I'm going to start speaking life. Come on, I'm going to speak life over it. I'm going to speak faith over it. Everybody in the building right now, lift your hands. I want you to begin to declare it to the Lord right now. Come on, you got to start declaring it in Jesus' name. Start making some noise in the room right now. Come on, that's the first thing that's got to happen. There's going to be a noise that's going to come. We're in a valley of dry bones right now. We've been in a valley of death. We're going to have been in a valley of despair. We're going to start speaking life and speaking hope and speaking faith. Come on, declare it in Jesus' name. 